I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Tuesday, May 17th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, it's music season finally after two years. Did you catch, let's start about the Junos that were held outside on Sunday night. What do you think? Well, I'm not a big Junos fan. I can't say that I've watched the Junos ever. However, you could, yeah, it looks, you could it looks, say that, but you'd just be lying. Yeah, I know. But yeah, look, it's uh, it, it looks nice. It was nice that it was outside this year. Uh, who won though, Jay? Like, who were the big winners this year? A Charlotte Carden, I think, was the big winner. She took home four Junos, which I like because I think more people. She's great. Her. She's, she is great. Yeah, she, she's it, really good. Passive aggressive, good song. It's a big track. Good song. Weird emotion, I guess, is uh, being passive aggressive. It's, it's, it's super. It's a super weird emotion. We should make it illegal. <laughs> That's right. Maybe they will. I, I like the outdoor. I'm going to vote for outdoor Junos forever because I think it's a good way to kick off sort of outdoor concert season. Uh, but Brett, that wasn't the only music I took in this weekend, although I was not at the Junos. I was watching the Junos. But I saw my first show at the revamped El Macumbo, the historic El Macumbo. Can't recommend it enough. It's crazy. It, it must have taken them like at least seven years to do that. Like I remember seven years ago, they said they were redoing it and it just opened up again. It's taken a long time, but that's nice to hear. It was because of um, Weckerly, I forget his first name, but he was a former Dragon's Den dragon. And uh, yeah, and he, he redid it, so good on him. It was a lot of excitement out on Spadina, uh, just south of college, because it's just you know underneath the pump. It's a, it's there's a, a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of people who just do not live in Toronto and have no idea what you're talking about, Jay. I know, but uh, <laughs> but they're welcome anytime. It's a very small yeah. venue now. There were not that many. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty small. They reoriented the stage on the and the room we're in. But I, uh, it is good to get back out to see music as we enter this latest wind down of the pandemic. Hopefully, so catch shows, support artists. All the rest, Brett. Aside from that, what do we have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, dairy fight. For our second story, carbon captured. And for our third story, hotel targeting. For our first story this year, an international dispute panel ruled that Canada was violating the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement, the USMCA, the trade agreement formerly known as NAFTA, with its tariffs on dairy imports. Now, across the Pacific, New Zealand dairy producers launched a formal complaint alleging dairy tariffs violated the Trans-Pacific Partnership. Brett, people, I guess, hate Canada's dairy policy. I don't remember the last Kiwi-Canadian dispute. I thought we were all so nice. What is going on? I know. I'm trying to think about if there's like anything else that we battle over, but I don't I don't think there's much. Now, so rugby? Canada has strict... Rugby? Yeah, but we don't... But that I, they take rugby seriously, but yes, we don't. So I don't think it's true. like a fair battle. No. Anyways, Canada has strict protections in place to bolster the country's dairy industry, which includes charging tariffs of more than 200% on all imported dairy products. However, in these free trade agreements, Canada allows for a set volume of foreign dairy to enter from partnering countries through tariff rate quotas, TRQ, and are allotted to importers to bring in foreign dairy at dramatically reduced tariff rates. But... The majority of these TRQs were reserved for dairy producers who typically imported cheap products to process and turn into more profitable products like importing cheap mozzarella for frozen pizzas. This has upset American and New Zealand dairy producers because it means that their more expensive products are being left off Canadian shelves. So Canada is now rolling out changes where TRQs will be handled on the basis of market share with the leaders in the market for certain products, be it cheese or cream get more TRQs. U.S. milk lobbyists say the changes are superficial and the system is essentially the same because those same dairy processors are also the market leaders. So Jay, why does our dairy war, which I never thought I'd say, with New Zealand matter? 
Well, Trade Minister Mary Ng said in a statement yesterday, at a time when global food security is under threat, it is even more important that we strengthen and maintain a strong and vibrant domestic dairy industry. Brett, of course, that is true, but Canada also needs to find a way to do this while honoring trade agreements and not really upsetting vital partners. It's a delicate tightrope. For our second story, the Alberta government is looking at over 40 new applications for carbon capture, utilization, and storage. That's also known as CCUS projects to use underground caverns across the province to store captured carbon. I'm claustrophobic. So the last thing I want to do is go to an underground cavern. Jay, what is carbon capture anyways? And you're made of carbon, so maybe the story isn't for you. Brett, carbon capture pulls CO2 directly from the air and then safely buries it underground in spaces that contain the gas so it can't escape back into the atmosphere. These poor places, and let's be clear, it's like not P-O-O-R or P-O-U-R, but these poor places, they are underground caverns and they'll be used to contain various emission sources, including manufacturing and energy in Alberta. Now, Alberta is already home to Canada's only two carbon capture hubs, CCUS hubs, with Alberta committing $1.24 billion to them through 2025, which reportedly reduced CO2 emissions from the oil sands and fertilizer sectors by 2.76 million tons per year. Now, the yearly emissions of about 600,000 vehicles, so it's a lot of emissions. It is a lot of emissions, and Alberta recently approved six new carbon capture projects to be built all in the Edmonton area, but these new applications are for hubs throughout the province expanding the scope of these CCUSs. Now, the chief executive of Emissions Reduction Alberta said that billions will be spent on CCUS in the province in the coming years, but critics have questioned its scalability and have noted that capturing carbon also produces emissions, meaning it's definitely not a net zero process. And a 2021 academic study found that CCUS was not a solution to climate change and in fact distracted from better pursuits like a transition to renewable energy. So it doesn't really sound very clear cut, Jay, but why should PeakPels care about carbon capture? Well, Alberta looks like it's all in on carbon capture. They recently joined an international consortium to accelerate the development of CCUS technology as it balances the desire to run its energy sector at full capacity while mitigating negative effects on the climate. But the long-term viability of effectively combating emissions remains to be seen. And for our final story. From bedrooms to fitness centers, hotels are about to get a whole new level of personal. Brett, the world's largest hotel chain is launching a media network to help advertisers target consumers using data drawn from the 182 million or so annual guests. This, according to a story in the Wall Street Journal. Brett, why is Marriott doing this? Well, so as brands look for ways to target ads amid new privacy changes, including Chrome's third-party cookie block and Apple's Ask App Not to Track button, which is a big problem for a lot of companies, especially Facebook, who've lost billions of dollars from it. The Marriott Media Network is offering up a solution through first-party data. And guess what? They've got tons of it. They certainly do. The end of third-party cookies and app tracking doesn't mean advertising is toast, but a shift in focus to using first-party data to sell ads, which is the information collected by a company over the course of their direct interactions with you, like Marriott's planning on doing. This works in part by using the hotel chain's data on its guests to bring them ads on places such as the hotel's website and eventually on TV sets in their rooms. They can take that first party data and they can target it towards you because they know exactly who you are and what you're all about. 
and actually where you are as well. And it's part of That's a bigger a trend, right? It's part of a bigger trend. More and more businesses are building media networks that incorporate their own data on their consumers. Walmart now lets advertisers use its data to send targeted digital ads to shoppers across the web, for example. And DoorDash, Kroger, and CVS Health have also been offering advertisers more way to reach consumers using retailer data. The Marriott Media Network will be rolled out in the U.S. and Canada before expanding to other markets using anonymized customer data from searches and bookings made on Marriott's digital channels to deliver relevant ads, but will not share that data with advertisers. And this is why you should care. Despite the crowd of media networks competing for marketers' budgets, winning even a small share of it will mean big dollars for the companies offering those networks. This was said by Insider Intelligence Principal Analyst Andrew Lipsman. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to and only daily Canadian business news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for putting together this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. And Brett, midway through recording this podcast, I thought of a dad joke. Are you ready for it? You mentioned yep. U.S. milk lobbyists. You know what they call them? What? Milk fat cats. Milk fat it's fat It's a cats. stretch. It's a stretch. I get it. It's a stretch, though. All right. Well, with that bad joke, enjoy your day, Brett. You too, Jay. <laughs>